GOB 97 Garden Cities I watched the World Athletics Championship Marathon wending its way through the historic streets of the City of London and was struck by two things over and above my dual admiration and horror that anyone can run more than 26 miles in a couple of hours and that anyone would want to. Surely a gentle stroll, or in my case lurch, a few metres down a track to a bird's hide would ease their stress levels and keep them fit in heart and soul, if not in body. Having spent a lot of my working life in the capital, I was struck by its fine architecture and reminded of the splendid street names. These days, new estates end up with boring names of boring councillors or some twee theme like garden flowers or Scottish counties. Who would name a road Threadneedle Street today, let alone Coldbath Lane? Or a local favourite of mine, Poorhole Lane, commemorating the pit hapless serfs were dumped into, having fallen foul of the plague. As we are increasingly cut off from the country, one would expect us to become more urbane, instead of having all colour drained from our brains. And that was the second thought that struck me, as TV drones gave me a bird's-eye view of the super-fit African runners leading the rest. The only green in view was the colour of the Ethiopians' vests. Pan out and, of course, London sports and wonderful parks, a few even being wildlife havens. At street level, a bistro or two had some toperid box and, and pubs flourish an occasional hanging basket, but I spotted just two rooftops that sprouted greenery. One was clearly bedecked in a sedum blanket, and another had one corner with some turf and a few potted trees surrounded by what I assumed to be the director's roof retreat of some merchant bank or insurance company. We are being left behind the rest of the world in imaginative planting. One of my first overseas trips was to see family in New Zealand with a stopover in Singapore. Even then that city was one of the greenest I've ever seen with every street and avenue, every unpaved yard a shrubbery and every hanging walkway a hanging garden with vines spreading across the walls and almost reaching the traffic below. Now this city of gardens strives to be a city within a garden Despite its teeming millions, traffic-congested streets and towering habitation, it seeks to bring the country back into the town. Where are we who pride ourselves on being the epitome of urbanity in humanity? A cold, grey blot on the landscape. While one hand tries to diminish exhaust fumes and motorised congestion, the other hand has just the barest suggestion of life-enhancing foliage. All those flat roofs could be a million lungs of sedum, grass or greenery. If Milan, in the heart of a country that we disdain for its lack of wildlife protection, can create an incredible vertical forest on residential towers, surely we could manage a bit of turf on one of the city's flat roofs. Best-kept villages may encourage household gardeners. Britain in bloom might muster municipal horticulturalists to turn roundabouts into floral tributes, but as a nation... We do need to do so much more to bring country into town and use our redundant rooftops to be natural air fresheners. Who knows, a few more plants might feed a few more passerines, encourage a few more pollinators and fix noxious discharges before they drift into the food chain or from lining our children's lungs with lead.